Why, why is community at such a forefront of your mind? I imagine it's because when you changed your rhythm, you realized that it was a huge driving factor in everything else that mattered. Mm. I think um, I, I, I've been talking with my sister yesterday about that. Um, we were talking about our childhood. Um, and uh, so just to kind of make a little retrospective also where I'm coming from, um, I, my parents are uh, Southern Chinese um, originally, or my grandparents, let's say, and they immigrated to Vietnam. And my parents were born in Vietnam. And then they immigrated to Switzerland um, after the war, and I was born in Switzerland. And I grew up in a very small town in Switzerland, um, in a neighborhood that could be considered in a Swiss context a ghetto, where, um, let's say, 95% of the people are have uh, immigrant background. And... And so I went, and, and, and the way Switzerland has its education system is that you go to primary school where your neighborhood is, so you don't have to walk far. And basically, so my primary school was very much, um, was mostly immigrants, um, and also the people I was playing around and my friends and everything. And uh, at one point after primary school, you get, uh, in Switzerland, you will be, um, how do you say, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, like a, a test or you are assigned? Yeah, you have to make a test or they test you, kind of your intellectual um, or, I don't know, like mm -mm -mm. capacity. And I went to gymnasium, which is like the highest you can go afterwards, and suddenly I was surrounded by... Um, white kids that were um, all doctors kids, teachers kids, lawyers kids and I was one of the only ones with um, immigrant backgrounds and I know that a lot of some people that I have met in my childhood, I thought they were very intelligent people but they didn't make it they went to the lowest school, they became criminals, they had probably kids very early um, they, I don't know what they are doing now, but I thought at this time that they were actually very intelligent kids, but um, the social circumstances didn't make them go this another way than that one. Um, so this is something that was very engraved in my mind, uh, how much um, the social class you're born into it, um, is still determining how the future will be for the biggest part. And I believe that if our communities will be much more um, kind of permaculture communities where you would mix more things and profit from each other and bring different kind of social classes but also cultures together that can uh, feed each other, um, maybe we wouldn't have these problems. Um, so this is a little bit the, my broader goal in that sense, and I think that 
within dance, I'm still very far from it. Because I think, as you say, we are still our own community. I think we are also, for the biggest part, our own audience, sadly enough. Um, so it's also kind of, yeah, it brings a lot of question to me also how to make dance without isolating myself. And actually, at the end, we keep on petting our own shoulder because we all believe the same thing. Mm. Do you think that's different from anything else? Um, no, I think this is our society. I think it's a very... Um, uh, is that the right word? Segregated yeah. society where you have very... Yeah, you have very split communities. That's how it works at the moment still. Or again. Um, so, and I think that the that the future is really sharing sharing much more um, different ideas different questions different capacities and qualities as well and therefore we have to create different community structures where um, different people can come together in a way um, yeah Mm. What do you think it is about class? Do you think that class is is um, really about what we are sensitive to, or really about what rhythms we move? In or really you mean social class, huh? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that being an artist is a very paradoxical social class because most of us are poor. But I think that actually, um, still a, a big part of artists come rather from good families and are quite educated as well. Um, so in a way and because we are educated um, this is of course a wealth as well even if it's not monetary wealth um, so I feel we are like after class in a way because um, you can only choose to be poor because you know you have had it before or you will have a backup in some ways. Mm. I think, I mean, it's not everywhere like that, of course, but like, I think there's still a big part where even in, in underdeveloped, like well, underdeveloped, let's say like poorer countries, um, the a lot of artists are still the ones that maybe are a little bit doing better than the rest of them, <laughs> so let's say. Yeah. But do you think that comes from education or do you think that just comes from luck of in what circumstance you get born into? Um, both, I mm. think. Um, I, for sure, I was very lucky to be born in Switzerland. Um, I don't know if I... I don't think I will be 
where I am now if I wasn't born in Switzerland. Um, uh, and my parents, they were pushing very much. They were pushing us very much to go into higher education and to be ambitious and, and work hard. They didn't plan for me to become an artist, but um, that's why I also think it's I'm like the after class in a way. Mm. Um, I think only if, and that's also uh, thanks to my sisters, because my older sister, she's an economist. My second sister is a lawyer. Um, third sister is a sinologist and artist as well. And I'm just the artist. So in a way, I jumped over a generation. I think because my sisters, they did all these things, I could do the artist path. Yeah. I wonder what explains for me then, because I'm the eldest child. Mm. What are your siblings doing? Uh, my younger brother is a diesel diagnostician. He's also running transport business and my sister is um singing uh a few times a week for different functions and then also has a day job and what are your parents doing they're running their own businesses so maybe i mean the way that i've always said to myself is that um i'm not doing actually anything that is too different than what my what I grew up seeing my parents do, which is to run your own business and to find your own <laughs> opportunities. Mm. And so maybe I still am in that way, uh, just a solo uh, small business or freelancer or um, what's the word? Yeah in that there's definitely no stardom. There's more just like knocking on people's doors and asking if there's any work they have for me to do. Mm. So maybe actually you have broken some kind of cycle, but I've actually just perpetuated my cycle and it just has different aesthetics and mm. different concerns, but the makeup, the construct is the same, which is... I haven't found anyone that I like enough to work for <laughs> for years at a time. <laughs> but did you already knew that when you started dancing? No, I think I, I mean, I saw some boys break dancing and I thought it was really cool. And I thought it would be awesome if I could leave my small town and study something and maybe dance could be that something because um, why not? It felt the least like working. <laughs> but, you know, you're right. That is a bit of a joke because it's hard work. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But I, I am very interested in the idea like, of how we s separate ourselves out into class. Like we... like something that you alluded to i don't know if you meant to that we we somehow separate ourselves as much as we are separated by others mm. and so i wonder if that's a rhythm a rhythm thing if choreographically you're dealing with this as well mm. um 
uh, uh, maybe rhythm in the sense of I think in order to create community I think you need to you can't um, do it yourself basically yeah. it's not something like I make a table and then you just make the table and you have your own rhythm there is a rhythm of the group as well um, so you need to be sensitive towards this rhythm um, in order to create a community that is also more sustainable at the end. Mm. So this must mean that you have a vision for for a better version of community or of dance even if we are talking about dance being segregated from life, unfortunately, or from other communities, mm. I, I wonder about your vision, what it might be. I don't be. know about dance, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm searching still within dance. This is a little bit my thing that I, like, my, my whole research also for the next couple of years, I'm working on this idea of how to use permaculture methods in a social context for the art market. Um, so that's a little bit my project at the moment, but I'm still very virgin on that, and I very much at the beginning. Um, I have thought more concrete about living communities, very practical things as like childcare or old people that get lonely, and how there was this video of like, how you can, how there was projects in America, but also in Japan, where they put childcare um, um, centers within elderly homes. So they, they shared the building. Um, they still had the people helping them, um, but it was just bringing those two generations together and how they can help each other also on an emotional level and how it, um, it just brings... Yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, how was it set up? Like that um, for the elderly people, it's good for their mental health as well. And for the children, it's good to meet all the older people and to see also different generations and how they are thinking. And um, and I, this kind of things, I think, should be more set up. Yeah. Um, so like how, or, I, 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 so my two projects are, bringing children and elderly people together and bringing immigrants and um, artists together, basically. <laughs> I have this two kind of ideas of how, but more in a living way. So it's not about making projects together or so like art projects, but like how you, if you share your daily life with a different community, what happens then actually? Well, I guess you become a shared community. Mm. Ultimately, there's, but perhaps we are at the um, the standoff between the promise of capitalism, which is ultimate uh, choice of each individual in each moment, and mm. the need of cohesive society and community to be, if not enjoying, at least operating on a shared set of rules mm. 
so in in some sense the one will have to surrender some of their uh, desire for radicalization <laughs> so mm. that the community can be cohesive. Or would it, um, there can be radicalness within the community. There can be difference within the community. I think that's the danger of community is that we believe that to think that community is being equal and kind of having the same uh, rules in that sense. And that's why I'm also, I went back to this permaculture idea where it's not about equality in that sense. It's, it's really about like finding for everyone a place, but that place is not fixed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the problem with uh, class struggle or the problem with uh, elderly uh, mental health issues or the problem with homelessness actually is not that it is not a place it is a it is a valid place for people to be in but unfortunately it becomes fixed and people become mm. fixed in that place mm. exactly it's ah, a pretty cool idea I like it um, it sounds like um, what you were talking about in To Come See it sounds mm. like that was a, a practice or a rehearsal for how these things can function, can work. Mm. And so instead of running off and forming a, um, a commune or a cult in the hills somewhere, mm. you went to a bunch of countries and visited a bunch of your friends and made a show <laughs> that then audiences could come and see. Exactly. <laughs> And, uh, and and I think it's a practice and it's an exercise, but I also believe that everything will be an exercise. There will be no no moment that I think that I have achieved my goal. I think you, it's a continuous practice, mm. uh, everything I'm doing. So it, it's I don't feel to come and see is a preparation for something bigger or so. It's just, uh, it's, 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 one part of the path in some way. Hmm. And who's deciding the path? Mm. For a big part up to now it was me. Uh, and now things are changing within the group. I, uh, I think also, I mean, we have, it's, it's a year ago that we premiered. It's two, three years that we're working together now. And um, so I feel there is also a change of dynamic in the group where um, I guess it took time also for the others to own it for themselves and, um, and to see where they want to take it, the project. So now I, I feel this is like a different kind of period for the group and for the project as well. So we are currently setting up also a new structure for the for the project, which is a sort of five day series, and it's it comes a little bit from it comes very it's very much influenced by the experience we had in Australia, which was amazing. 
with the workshops we were giving and you remember that little like task we gave you in the workshop like with the, the service task list yeah and yeah. there has been already since a while a desire to like make a performance out of this um, like a durational performance and now we are kind of making um, a bigger frame where uh, there will be three parts to this like the workshop sessions then to come and see and then actually this durational performance with people from the workshop um, for with the service task list so what was your question again now I'm trying <laughs> well I wonder even bigger if we talk about um, you were speaking about that these things this um the different shows that you've mentioned the, and and the desire for changing rhythms within communities that these are not preparations and there won't be a moment where it suddenly turns into a thing or mm. the thing exists and and it's just an ongoing path and i wonder in the most mm. zoomed out sense can you see that path or are you just responding to opportunities the way that you think is the most it by like putting yourself in a very self-aware uh, in a very to be very aware when you, decisions come to you so that you don't mm. perpetuate things that you don't mm. see fit to perpetuate i think it's 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 a mixture between desires i have and the right timing and then in this right timing listening to the opportunities and the situations um, and then because it's a collective work, each of us has different desires, so that also makes it more complex. Um, but for example, this kind of broadest this sense of context, like this package of three things, um, I had this kind of desire already like a year ago or a bit, yeah, more like a year ago, but I didn't know yet what it could be exactly. And when we had these workshops in Australia, which were really like amazing how people responded to them and how they participated in the work. And um, this came out of it, actually. So it's also fine, like, yeah, waiting for the right moment in mm. that sense. And with it, we had also um, suddenly also possibilities to do this thing. So they were like two venues that like talked to us and said that they would actually like to show something of us so then it kind of came together that we also had to the platform to to do this as well and uh, yeah there's what's the say this there's a saying that something like um luck happens when preparation meets opportunity mm and so it sounds like a lot of the time you're preparing by being aware of your own rhythm and then being <laughs> aware of the opportunity. No, actually, it's more like what do you, yeah, if there's anything you still want to know or something. Yeah, there's shitloads. There's like a whole body of work that I still am not aware of and have not experienced and have questions about, but I don't know what those questions are because... Um, that will unfold in time. Uh, can I ask you questions? Please. Yes, <laughs> of course. Um, do you feel 
Do you feel isolated in Australia? <laughs> Sorry. It's not a stupid question at all because it is, it is, the, what's the, what's the word? It is, um, yes, a lot of people would feel that way, but I do not. Mm. As an individual, um, because I think isolation relies on a lot of things. Um, and not always on distance. Somehow it's, it relies on separation or segregation from those who you think are you and should accept you as one of their own, but do not. I think that is the feeling of isolation. Mm. And so the question would beg, who, who is it that is not accepting me that I identify as one of mm. for me to feel this isolation? And so the, the, I for sure imagine that there is a history in Australia of people feeling like they are um, away from those that they identify as being part of. Uh, but do you mean within dance and with, within art or do you mean within Western culture? What do you mean within... Sorry, you go. Um, it's just that I, very superficially from my short trip in Australia, got the sense um, that a lot was... Uh, of the comments we heard um, turning around this kind of notion of isolation. Um, and... Like this thing, oh, what we what we have in Australia and what we don't, in a way, mm. and um, and because maybe we come from far also, but there is of course a lot of things that connects us. You feel isolated from where we are from in some ways. Um, so, and I, I thought that was actually an interesting thing because when I flew back from Melbourne to. Switzerland. I flew from Melbourne to Hong Kong and then from Hong Kong to Surrey. And my first flight, which was almost nine hours long, I think half of the flight went over Australia. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And really. it's, it's, I don't know, like, it's huge. And I thought, like, so there's enough space in a way to occupy yourself in a way almost like you don't need <laughs> any others <laughs> that is correct you're absolutely right so and I, I can understand that historically why Australia feels isolated um, it makes sense um, but I, and maybe it's also the, the, the kind of the faith of an island generally because yeah. there's just water around you. Mm. But if um, you want, yeah. I think uh, if, say, 
because the Dutch landed on the western side before the British ever landed on the eastern side. And if the Dutch had claimed that side and the British had claimed the eastern side, then we would not be a single country island. We would be a multiple country island and there would be like many other land masses in the world. And so the idea of being on a country island would disappear and become irrelevant. So I think it's arbitrary in some ways. Mm. And it nearly happened a few times before Federation of Australia. Mm. Um, I also think I grew up in Darwin and some of my friends uh, that I danced with immigrated from the Philippines, which is a three or four hour flight from Darwin. Mm. And Sydney is also a, a four and a half hour flight from Darwin. So actually there's no reason for them and then via osmosis because I normalise myself to the people that I am around. It's, there's no reason for them to feel that they are uh, isolated because they're actually closer to their home city that they were born in than they are to the capital of Australia that the world recognises is Australia and is in all the movies and the Olympics happened in Sydney and things like that. <laughs> so there, there's these these weird... Uh, what's the word? Contradictions, like you were saying before, where they're... I, no, I don't feel isolated. Um, mm. The isolation that I do feel I enjoy... Mm. but I actually I don't think this is your question but it's something that I've thought about is that I definitely feel that in some parts of Australia I am visiting and in some parts of Australia I am home mm. and I don't know if you feel that way around Switzerland or if you feel that way around Vietnam where you still have family or mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess home is very difficult to find for myself in a way because, yeah, I, since I don't, you know, I, I'm not like since 10 generations in Switzerland or so, there's less roots and I think that this makes a big sense of home as well if you know that your family is since generations somewhere one spot but one spot meaning Australia is Australia small enough to be one spot because mm. I sometimes think that it is not I get no I think one spot can be a city or an area or even a village but I think it's something that brings things together like I mean it could be I, I, I mean the climate is so different from the north yeah. to the south so yeah. I think this is also already a different place for me yeah. if you have yeah. different seasons and um, or different trees then <laughs> it's not the same spot anymore yeah yeah absolutely um, the smells are different I think the isolation also comes from the sense of who, like I was saying, who are your people and can you be with them? And I think um, that also comes back into class, really. Like, who do you mm -hmm. identify as your people? 
um, there is a way that I that my body wants to move, and when I am in places where there are no people that I can dance with in that way, I guess there is a sense of isolation. Mm. It, it's almost a similar sense of isolation when you are in a, a foreign-speaking country and you can't speak their language, and so you can never get beyond the the clunky mechanics of the interaction. Mm. One of you is always translating. You know where I feel most isolated? Is um, in China. Because it's a very strange place to go for me because I'm ethnically Chinese. When I'm in Vietnam, um, people see that I look a bit different and I'm Chinese. And then I also don't speak the language and everything. So there is... Um, uh, it's kind of it never became a really problem I mean sometimes people speak Vietnamese to me but I can understand a little bit but when I'm in China I can really disappear in the mass which um, is very strange to me this feeling And but I don't understand the language or the culture in a way mm. so it makes me feel even more isolated than if I would go to Africa Um, did you see the video that I would have posted yesterday about the borders within China over the last couple of thousand years? No. Where did you, on Facebook you posted? Mm, mm, mm. And also on Mapstagram, this Instagram account that I run. <clears throat> um, I had to split it into four videos because it was four and a half minutes long, but they're it reminded me once again that the idea of China is such a recent idea. Mm. And so mm. Mm, to be ethnically something, is a, but then that something be the name of a nation is a strange thing mm. to me as well. Mm. Mm. I guess it's just this experience for me I don't even think like a okay of like nation, but like <coughs> this experience of being able to disappear. Yeah. In a mass. Yeah. Wherever else I go, I am always exotic. <laughs> in a way. Really? Did you come well, to Sydney? Well, I guess in Australia, I mean, this is the thing. I think Australia is a very different context because you have a lot of Asian communities. In Europe, you don't have that much. Well, it's further away. Especially in Switzerland. So I am so exposed all the time, just the way I look. And is that... No, no, go ahead. And, I mean, I am Swiss. I speak Swiss German, which is the dialect, the local dialect here, which only Swiss people speak. But I get rarely people speaking English or in high German with me because they think I'm a tourist. Um, and even sometimes I've had situation, really absurd situation where I would speak, um, someone would speak high German to me and then I speak Swiss German back to them and they keep on speaking high German because their brain doesn't switch that I can actually speak Swiss German because they see my face and it's still so stuck to some kind of idea of, yeah, 
immigrants or tourists and there is not there is immigrants here but it's um, not that many second generation yet or third generation of Asian looking people that were born here and are totally assimilated um, and so for a lot of people it's still you're just a tourist mm. um, and it's all the time the question where you're from and all this and like um, and if you say yeah, I'm from Switzerland they don't believe you Well, what can I say about that? I can't empathize except for when I've been in New York and I try and I try and wonder how I can possibly be in my mannerisms that I am not mistaken for British. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to be identified as British because I identify as Australian. But your accent is Australian. <laughs> I agree. Especially when I say g'day to somebody. I feel like that's a dead giveaway. But uh, I think that is one of those things you're talking about where the, the person's brain doesn't click. <laughs> but do you... So, I mean, it's interesting, this, this, this mess of um, disappearing into the mass while also feeling isolated, while also wanting to pass as part of the mass so that you are not exoticized and other. Mm. The, they're all... A mess. It's a mess. But, um, mm -hmm. oh, what can I say about it? It seems like everywhere is different. And everywhere you go, you will still take your face with you. And people respond to it differently. <laughs> and I just don't mm -hmm. know what one can do about that. Uh, I think that's the, uh, you can't do anything about it <laughs> except be patient. Yeah. Matt, I think I need to go because I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me nearly two hours of your morning. <laughs> that was really nice. Um, I really enjoyed hearing heaps about what I knew so little about but then hearing only the beginnings about what I now want to know more about but that will happen in the future <laughs> oh good time very good time have a good day have a good night <laughs> bye bye